Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Dreamer Scott Fitness Podcast Radio Show. Coming to you on this Sunday, fun day here, March the 29th, just after 12 o'clock here. I'm going to get in some heavy mobility, some tissue work, and then maybe do like a little mini horrible uh, Sunday Advanced Metcal with myself that I can share with all of our 47-day transformation peeps and our inner circle guys to keep them rocking and rolling. If they want to punch it uh, at home on their own, they can do that. So hopefully this finds all of you, you know, being healthy, being safe, doing all the things you need to do to put yourself in the best position to be successful and get out and crush it on the other end of this shit show we are all currently in, whether you're in America or some other country uh, dealing with, you know, what we're all dealing with at the moment. But I was working out yesterday, and then in between uh, some of my little ski sprint sets, I put a post up on Instagram just asking for questions for you guys, if there's anything new you wanted me to touch on, and I have quite a few questions to rip through. So we're going to do a uh, Q&A podcast here uh, from all the people over on Instagram. I thank you guys for the request. Admittedly, I only uh, screenshot these. I- I've read through maybe like four or five of them. I tend to find it's more comical if... Uh, we read through them in real time and see what you guys come up with. Sometimes the comments are appropriate, inappropriate. If I can catch myself mid-sentence, otherwise I'll just give you guys, you know, all of the raw, uncut questions I've gotten uh, to this point. And again, a reminder, if you're watching on YouTube, thank you guys. I welcome and for the rest of you, uh, make sure you guys subscribe to the YouTube channel. We have well over a thousand videos now at this point. All the podcasts, all our Instagram posts, free workouts, finishers, body part specific stuff, full exercise library, recipes, you name it. We're basically throwing everything on there uh, that we're filming at this point. I'm filming a ton of stuff uh, because I'm locked up at home just like all of you. So without further delay, we'll get to the first question. This one, uh, Jimmy Donahue from Instagram, macro versus micro question. He's trying to lose weight, but he's eating not ideal. Pizza and other things should not eat anything for the rest of the night. 300 calorie surplus today, or should I eat some real good whole nutrient dense foods to raise the surplus? To answer the question, Jimmy, if the goal is to lose weight, uh, which is what you wrote, you would eat at a calorie deficit, not a surplus. So you need to be burning, obviously, more than it's coming in. If you want to gain weight, you would eat at a surplus. It's pretty common sense. You know, if the goal is for in any diet, whether it is gaining muscle or, or losing fat, losing weight, if you're trying to lose Obviously, I would eat you know whole nutrient-dense foods. No matter what the goal is, I would eat whole real foods at the base of your diet. Those things like pizza and cookies and cakes and cinnamon rolls and, the, and those things are intermittent. You eat them you know, when you plan for them. I don't care if you guys go on and go like 90% is legit food, 10% is shit, or 80-20, whatever works for you and your balance, that's yours. If the macros fit and you're at a deficit more often than not, you're going to obviously probably lose weight and lose fat. If you're in a surplus, you're going to gain weight. If you're somewhere you know, in it energy, you know, kind of efficiency, you're going to stay the same weight. It's not rocket science, but I would always err towards eating whole nutrient, micronutrient dense foods that fill your body with, you know, vitamins, minerals, and then obviously have a macro range that matches. So that's what I would suggest. Hopefully that answers your question. Next question on the docket is best home gym setup, equipment, space size, etc. Honestly, here's my take on it. If you want to have a couple things in your house, that's great. If you're not a home workout person, I wouldn't go heavy on the home workout equipment at this stage. Uh, we're going to get through this. We're going to get past this. We're, this is America. We're going to have to go back to work and 
Uh, I don't know where the Mendoza line is of, of consequences of staying home or not staying home. Obviously, there's a medical concern for people getting sick, dying, those things. There's also a huge financial concern. Some of these small restaurants and businesses that are closed for two, three, four, five, six weeks are not going to survive. There's going to be a massive financial fallout from that. And I do think there is going to be some health fallout from that too, because people are going to get stressed, uh, depressed. There's a lot of things that go with that. Again, I'm not a doctor. I don't know where to draw the line. With the home gym setup, if you're a home workout person, there's a ton of stuff I'd recommend. If you're just a person trying to fill the gap for now in this kind of, you know, whether it's three weeks or, or two months, whatever we're stuck at home for, um, dumbbells and, and bands go a long way. I, I work with Dave Schmitz, the man, man, the bands are great. Uh, you get a handful of bands, you can do a lot of damage with bands. I don't think a lot of you need much more than that. If you have a couple sets of dumbbells, that'd be fine. Kind of slightly heavier, slightly kind of lighter loads. Those would be cool. If you're talking like a piece of aerobic equipment for most of you guys, an assault bike is probably the most versatile. They're terrible. Uh, I hate them, but they're, they are great. They're great for intervals. They're great for doing time stuff. They're great for supersets. They're honestly, I've ridden a salt bike for an hour before and it sucks, but it's, it's highly, highly efficient. A rower is a great one too. If you guys know how to row, if you don't know how to row, I'd go a salt bike. If you are good at rowing, you, you're technical with it. You've done the work or you're willing to do the work. I think a rower is a great thing. And obviously like a ski, those are all great tools. Those would be probably the top three I would suggest. But other than that, you know, a basic exercise step in a box is probably it. An exercise step with the risers. I'm talking like the old school 1980s, you guys. Getting a couple risers in the step, you can use it as a bench. You can use it for step ups. You can use it for split squats. You can use it for hop overs. It, uh, it's multi, obviously fasted. I think that's probably the number one piece of exercise equipment. And then I would go obviously the bands, the dumbbells. And if you have a budget, Things like an assault bike and that work great. But honestly, man, like that's a good set of dumbbells. Bands in a box is probably, you know, ideal for many of you. So hopefully that helps. Again, you could go crazy in the home gym setup stuff. I, I know every company, we work with everyone. But if you're not a home workout person, I wouldn't invest, you know, five grand into working out at home for just, you know, one or two months or whatever it is we're stuck here. Because if you're a gym workout person, the gym's going to be there. Not all of them. Some of them are going to close, which breaks my heart to see um, that happen. And this is a shitty time, you know, for us that own facilities. Uh, I'm sitting in one right now that's completely empty, and it's been empty for 11 days now, and that's insane to say. But if you're a gym workout person, a lot of the gyms will still be there, even though a handful of them are going to disappear. And it's a good place for you to go. It is for the community aspect of it for the social aspect of it. Even if you're a person like me who doesn't do a lot of social interacting when he trains, I do miss the Sunday Metcons here with our people. It's fun. It's fun to, you know, you know, Dennis comes in, Jeff comes in, Albon comes in, Rachel comes in, everybody's here and they're crushing it. And it pushes me and it makes me want to work harder. And we all kind of embrace the suck together and we all hate it together. I like the camaraderie of it. I, I miss coming in here at six o'clock in the morning and seeing my 6am people come in here and you know, kind of talk shit and talk about inappropriate stuff and, and and have the banter. So that is still going to exist two months from now. So I wouldn't go super heavy on the home gym setup if you're not a home gym person. And I know for me, I, I'm not. I'm making do with the best I can, but I'm a, I'm a gym rat. And I, and I always have been and I always will be. And that will exist long beyond this shit virus storm that we're in right now. So that's my two cents. Next one. How do you build? How do you bulk up your legs if you have knee issues and you can't do high impact or heavy weight? Honestly, you know, time under tension I think is key for that. Uh, split squats go a long way. 
um, box squats, goblet squats, depending on what kind of lunging patterns you can do, TRX assisted. There's a, a lot of ways where we did a podcast on making light loads go along. I think it can s- slowing, you know, the eccentric portion of most movements down is going to be key. Uh, again, I could talk about this all day, but there, there's a great ways to make leg gains without impacting the knees. And I do think, you know, things like glute bridges, uh, split squat variations, goblet squatting is, is how squatting should feel for most of you. And you can do a lot of damage with a 60 pound, shit, 30 pound dumbbell. But if you want to go 40, 50, 60, 100 pound dumbbell, goblet squatting, slow, uh, can put me in the hole pretty quick. And, and I've talked about before that one of the hardest leg workouts you could ever do in your life is taking half your body weight. So for me, 110 pounds, 12 pounds, give or take, and goblet squatting at 10 reps every minute on the minute for 30 minutes. That'll bury anybody. Very few humans I know can get through that. I probably have maybe five friends I know who even got through it, and they're all crazy, and they're all ridiculously fit and have a a very deep uh, pain cave. So those are great options. Next one, eating for performance versus aesthetics. Uh, Two different things. If you're going to eat to perform, like you're an Ironman, you're going to go do like a, you know, a five-hour bike ride, you're going to eat differently than if you're just going to do a 40-minute, you know, bro workout of biceps and triceps, right? So eating for performance, you're eating to fuel the performance. You're eating for that skill. You're eating for the bike ride, for the run, for the swim, for the CrossFit competition, for the basketball game. If you're eating to look a certain way, it just depends how you're trying to look. I'm assuming you're talking like kind of bodybuilding, uh, physique, aesthetic type stuff that way. You're, you're probably you know, eating for fat loss a lot of the time if you're talking about looking good for a show or for a photo. And uh, you're you're not worried about the performance. You don't care how much weight you lift. You probably don't care about the sets and the reps as much. You're just trying to look like you're strong. You're not really that concerned with being strong. Now, there's obviously bleeding over of all these things, but there is a difference for sure. When you're eating for performance, it's not about anything to do with how you look. It's trying to feel what makes me feel the best, move the best, and perform the best for this exercise, for this competition. When it's for aesthetics, you're doing the workouts and you're very diligent of, you know, if it's however you're doing your body part-specific training or splits, but you're eating to just look and be 6% body fat. You're eating to look like you're 240 pounds, whatever it is. So there is a huge difference between those and typically, you know, tracking macros, being, you know, very specific and having a coach is probably the easiest way to get there. Next one, uh, do BCAAs break a fast? Uh, I guess, yeah, everything, I guess, breaks a fast other than like water and probably coffee, I suppose. I've told the story before. Remember when I went to the urologist and I had to do like a urine like urine analysis, right? For 24 hours, they, they track all your urine, your pee, and you're walking in the this building with like eight jugs of piss, which is always fun. And I remember like I walked in and the girl recognized me uh, from Instagram. She's like, hey, I know you, you're the fitness guy. And I have like five jugs of urine uh, in my hands, which is like, yeah, what's up, dude? I'm just here. Uh, so it's always fun. But anyways, the point of the story, I remember I was talking to the nurse as we we're going through all my stuff. She's like, are you fasting? And I'm like, yes. Yeah. She's like, well, you're chewing gum. You're not fasting. She considered chewing gum to break the fast. So obviously, like, there's a line we can all draw somewhere. For the sake of this argument, you drinking BCAs before you work out, I don't think it makes a huge impact in terms of what the fasting is going to do for you. For most of you, the benefit of intermittent fasting is just to not eat food in these windows, not to consume calories in excess in these windows. So meaning you're only eating whole foods from like 12 to 8 meaning you're not eating outside that window. And then over time, 
you're probably going to eat less, you're probably going to be leaner, you're probably going to learn how to go without stuff, you're probably going to understand how to delay gratification, and i.e. intermittent fasting is going to be a better lifestyle for you to live and be leaner and happier over time. So even if it does technically break the fast, I don't think it's, I don't think you slamming some BCAAs is going to send like this insulin spike into the body and it's going to register as like an exchange and, and something unique is going to happen with your liver and pancreas and, and anything else. So I don't think it's a huge issue. Next one, breaking weight loss plateaus, better off cleaning up a diet or increasing caloric output. Um, it depends. You know, for most people, I would always say if you're trying to break through a fat loss, weight loss plateau, I would increase activity if you can before taking away food because deep down I'm a fat ass and I like to eat. <laughs> so I would always say, you know, do 10 minutes extra of work a day. Hop in the assault bike for 10 minutes. Do 10 minutes of walking lunges. Do 10 push-ups every minute on the minute for 10 minutes. Go for a walk uh, with your dog for a half hour, whatever it may be. But if you find that that's not making a difference, then I would obviously clean up the food. Uh, obviously, the food has to be in check in order for that. But if the food is already to a really good point, I would increase the activity output. And then if that doesn't do it, then I would obviously, you know, nitpick at some of the food stuff as well. Both ways can work. I just think, you know, if you're not working out already for an hour a day, increasing, you know, your 30 minutes to 40 minutes is, is probably the best route. Next one. How do you manage clients programming? Um, it depends on the client. Obviously, you know, we do our group stuff is the biggest thing we do here. And fat loss, generally speaking, is what our people are concerned with. Now, I have a lot of people who like the bodybuilding stuff, which is the background I come from. A lot of people like kind of the functional mix of kind of that bodybuilding metcon. So like if they had a baby, that's how we, you know, spit it to them. I, I think most people doing three total body workouts per week for 52 weeks is probably kind of the sweet spot. I think that's manageable for most adults with kids and, and busy careers. But we do all our programming based off of the foundational movements of life, right? Of what makes people strong and healthy and happy. So meaning we build in mobility, we build in tissue work to everything we do. Every group setting we do is birthed off of the, the basic patterns, a push, a pull, a hip dominant, a quad dominant, a trunk and a total body. So whether that's like a horizontal push or a vertical push, whether it's like a squat, a lunge, whether it's like a burpee, a plank pillar variation, any of those things. And then obviously from there, you know, we can build in, you know, all kinds of the Metcon protocols like the, you know, AMRAMPs, uh, the EMOM stuff, if we're doing hub things, dynamic interrupts, there, there's endless options, but we base it off that. And for the most part, when we do programming, we try to actually do two pulls for every push because most people are very anterior dominant. So we try to do two pulling variations for every pushing variations. In a group setting, sometimes it's hard, but we can do it if we program the days out correctly. And typically we program out here six months ahead of time. So I do all the group stuff in six months blocks and then I, I program the next six month block after that. Now with that said, if I you know see something cool that BJ sent me or if like Alexi and I are, are chatting or if I might see, you know, we trade stuff. We beg, borrow and steal from each other. So if I see an awesome, you know, hamstring protocol that BJ shared, I might swap out one of our other, you know, hip dominant movements and replace it, or I might take out a squat, you know, for a lunge variation. So there is some autonomy with it, but for the most part, we try to, you know, build everything off that and I make it as, you know, as miserably fun as I can for our people in, in the safest way possible. We don't do dangerous stuff here. We don't teach box jumps. I just don't, there's a lot of things that are, are, you can do them, I guess, but they're not necessary. And what's the point? You know, that's why I say box jumps. It's like running around your house with scissors. 
What's the point of that? Can you do it? You for surely can. But eventually you're going to get hurt. You're going to trip and fall and stab yourself and do some stupid shit. So like, why do it? If the goal is just to get the leg stronger or do something aerobically, we there's way better ways we can do. And, and some people think, you know, burpees are terrible because they can't teach them correctly or they don't agree with them. And we can teach them here to anybody. And so we use them because I do f- feel that they're safe. And again, there's a lot, people are going to butcher moves all the time anyway. But we try to have them, if they're going to butcher things, do the low barrier entry exercises where it's like, even if you're butchering jumping jacks, it's really hard to get hurt doing jumping jacks. Like if you're going to butcher mountain climbers, it's really hard to hurt yourself doing those things. So we try to do the safest, most efficient thing possible. And obviously drill down on form and protocols as we go. Next one. What's a typical day of eating like look for you? We've already got a full podcast on this. Feel free to listen to it. I think it's called my typical day of eating or my typical eating day, something like that. I eat once or twice a day. That's it. I come from the fasting world, mostly protein, produce, and water. Sometimes I eat, you know, pizza and other bullshit, but it's uh, typically few and far between. And not so much because I care about the vanity stuff, even though I do, uh, but I want to feel good. And that's the biggest thing. I don't want to be sick. I don't want to feel like a bag of shit because if I am, I'm not inspired. I'm not motivated and I can't produce and talk to you guys and I can't be a leader from the front. And I try to Always lead by example here for our people of everything I do. So I try to live my life in every aspect of it in a way that I think is admirable and that people could look up to and, and people would be proud of and say, hey, you know what? This guy kind of lives his life the right way. And for me, obviously, as a fitness professional, that starts with the, what I eat and uh, and how I train and, and how I sleep and how I take care of myself. Next one. Best books on nutrition and training. Full podcast on this just two weeks ago. Go back, look it up, shared all the books that I enjoy Um in all aspects of life. Next one, heart rate tracking, good measure of effort. My zone is 100 MPEs. Is that a good goal? I have no clue about my zone. I have nothing against it. They've contacted me like 100 times. I said no every single time. I'm not a fan of it for here, just for the fact that I don't want people chasing arbitrary numbers. I think those numbers can be off. They can be skewed. And again, I'd rather have you chase quality reps, not just the clock or some numbers and say that you beat your friend because who really gives a shit? I don't think it matters. Uh, in terms of heart rate stuff, you know, I do. I like the polar stuff. I like to just know where my heart rate is at um, to know if you're bullshitting yourself, or if you're really punching it. But again, um, what's good and bad, it, it just depends, I guess, right? Like what, what your goal is and what your plan is of your training. So I do think the, the heart rate monitors can be good measures and there is cool things you can track with it. Like the Whoop app, I think is cool too for sleep. So there's a lot of things with those, but I'm not familiar with the my zone just because we don't use it here. I just don't think it breeds, you know, great behaviors in a lot of people, especially people who are competitive. Next question on the list. Diet for a lean tone physique. If you're trying to be lean by man, you got to eat at a calorie deficit. That's it. Protein, produce, water, wash, rinse, repeat, track your macros and uh, be active, get quality sleep, make sure hormones in check. And over time you can be as lean as you possibly want to be. Is it easy? No. Uh, being super lean is not easy every single day. That's why you don't see many people walking around, you know, ripped 24-7, 365. It takes a certain level of discipline and effort to make it happen. And uh, for most people, they want to be more social and they want to have more fun in their life than just give up everything to be a certain level of leanness. And I would argue with them that that's probably a happier life for most people. We did a podcast that's titled The Cost of Getting Lean. I go into great, great detail of the price you pay to be there. I think all of you should give it a listen if you haven't yet, and that will paint a, a pretty clear picture for everyone. Next one, nutrition for a skinny guy who wants to build muscle. We did a podcast on this about hard gainers. 
You got to eat in a calorie surplus, dude. You got to eat a lot of food every single day. Even when you're full, you got to keep eating. And you eat and eat and eat. And I remember, like, I think it was, it was like Frank McGrath said it. I forget who it was, but it was like, you know, if your goal is to gain size and gain muscle, it's more important that you miss the workout than miss the meal. He said you'd be better off just staying at home eating than actually going to train if that was the case because you can't miss the meals because you're never going to gain the size. You're never going to be able to build the muscle if you don't got the bricks, right? If you got 10 bricks today and you got 10 bricks six months from now, same amount of bricks. You got you got to have more bricks, man, to build a bigger house. So in the six months, you got to have 20 bricks. Does that make sense? Like if you only got 200 pounds today, and you want to be bigger, if you're 200 pounds in six months, you can change the composition. Your friends might say you look jacked, but you're actually the same size. But if you want to be 240, you got to eat to be 240. Next one, how to get rid of a double chin. I mean, you should take it as a good thing. You got two chins. That's awesome. It's like having two eyes and two ears, right? Uh, I'm kidding. Uh, honestly, fat loss is the goal. Your fat's going to come off of where it comes off of. Uh, can I make a double chin? I'm trying to look on YouTube right now if I can make a double chin. Uh, if I lay down, I probably can. I'm sure we all can at some point. If I'm like a Sharpay, I guess if I squish my face together enough, my forehead's wrinkly enough. Anyways, uh, fat loss, man. You can't control it. You can't spot weight reduce. It's going to come off of where it comes off of. Next question. Athletic greens versus multivitamins and probiotics. Great question. Um, you know, if you take athletic greens, for most people, you don't have to buy multivitamin or a probiotic. It does two in one. If I look at the box I have right behind me here on YouTube, obviously in terms of a multi-athletic greens covers the basis. In terms of a probiotic, when you look at the athletic greens, obviously they have a superfood complex. They also have a digestive enzyme and super mushroom complex as well. And they have a dairy-free probiotic in there. Um, I think there's two strands in there total as well. Personally, I think you're better off taking athletic greens as opposed to buying a multi and a probiotic. That's just my two cents. If you had the budget and you really wanted to drill down on gut health, I would take athletic greens and an additional probiotic on top of it or drink something like a GT Synergy or the Kavitas, those kombuchas with the, the live cultures. I think that's probably the best route or a kefir or something like that. But yeah, I do think athletic greens crushes most all multivitamins. In fact, I think it crushes all multivitamins. And I think it eliminates the need for you to take a majority of supplements because it's that powerful and it's that amazing. That's why I take it every day. And that's why I talk about it. And that's why we partner with those guys. So if you want them, 20 free travel packs, hit me up. I'm happy to send you the link. And I promise you it's the best tasting greens out there on top of that. It's the only one I've taken, you know, for like two years in a row and I never miss a day. Where before of my greens, I would try to take them over the toilet because I thought they tasted like shit and I would skip them because I didn't like them. And this is the easiest solution to do. And it's the one thing that I never forget to do and I never miss. So I don't think your other supplements together stand a chance. And even if you bought the equivalent, I think you'd probably have to spend like 400 bucks a month to get what you could get with the Athletic Greens. That's my take on it. Next one, pull progressions with at home during quarantine. Obviously, like I just talked about, we do try to do two pulls for every push. Pulling stuff, obviously, if you have you know dumbbells at home, bands at home, anytime you're pulling towards the body, that works. You can do face pulls. Bend. There's a million rowing variations you can do. If you don't have those weights at home, things like water jugs can work. Uh, paint buckets could work. Um, any... 
I don't know if you have like a, a heavy hose set up at your house, whatever it is, a, a small child, I don't give a shit, you know, just whatever you can do, I would always do two pulls, you know, for every push for you guys. Obviously, you can go heavy on push-ups. If you have a, a, a clothesline, if you have a, access to a pull-up bar, any of those things is going to be ideal. In Inverted rows, you could take two chairs, you know, and set up and put like a, what do you have, like a broom or something across it, and you could do inverted rows that way. Again, there's you can take a broom and take two paint buckets or two water jugs, duct tape them on there, and use that for rows. You can get creative, obviously, in, in this time when you're at home, so that would work. Next one, how to lean out for non-bodybuilding women in the summer. Again, to be lean, you guys, just eat it at a calorie deficit. That's it. Protein, vegetables, water, healthy fats, quality sleep, at a deficit, tracking macros, getting a coach is the only way that you can do it. If you can do it without a coach, awesome. If you need one, call one. It's worth a couple bucks you're going to invest. I promise you that. We've helped more people here get lean and stay lean and change their habits for life, not just for 60 days, 90 days, 100 days, but forever than, than most people. That's what we do here. So reach out to us if you need the help. Next one, how to fix America's exponentially growing obesity problem. Oh, AJ Elliott 97 on Instagram. A man, if I knew that, I would be, you know, right next to Jeff Bezos and Warren Buffett in terms of money. In fact, I'd probably be richer than both those guys if I could fix the growing obesity problem in America. It comes down to a lot of things, you know, habits, rituals, routines, delaying gratification, understanding the importance of what feeling good really is. And it's kind of like the situation we're in now, right? Like, I don't have an answer for this, right? I don't know anything. I'm not a doctor. I'm just a dude who talks to doctors and nurses here and and sees what they're dealing with and going through. And I have the utmost respect for them because I would not want to go out and go to work in this shit right now. Even though it's an opportunity to work and make money where a lot of other people can't. If that's what I had to do for it, I don't know. Um, I respect you guys. But with that said... A reason, like, you know, we're, we're doing things, right? We're supposed to wash our hands. We're supposed to practice social distancing and not go out in big groups and do shit. And you can still drive around places and you still see people doing a lot of dumb shit. You still see people who can't stay home for like a month and they still got to go and play. I just drove by people playing basketball in a big ass group and doing things that don't make any sense, like in groups of 15 people at the park here. Now, I'm not judging anybody. You guys do what you want. But it's the adherence, right? It's giving up something short-term for a long-term benefit. And that's what people struggle with. They're struggling with it right now in this protocol. And I talked about before, my grandpa went to a fucking war. They dropped him off in a different country with a gun and they said, here's your task, go do it. They're asking me to stay at home, away from people. It's not even fucking comparable. Not even close. And with that said, people can't delay gratification in the short-term to get the long-term results. So that's part of the obesity problem, right? We can't delay gratification of eating cookies and cake and ice cream and going out to dinners and having beers for 90 days to change a habit, to understand that if we do it for 90 days, we can maybe change the way we're living, feeling, breathing, sleeping, how efficient our body is at burning fat. And holy shit, now, 90 days later, I've lost 26 pounds. I've lost 19 pounds. I've lost 32 pounds. I'm sleeping better. My hair, skin, and nails are better. My body feels better. I'm more efficient. That's the biggest problem I see with people is we can't delay gratification in the short term for a long-term benefit. It's the same reason people are overweight, the same pe- people you know, get into debt up their ass because they can't put off something. They have to charge it on a credit card. They have to borrow the money. They always have to do this because they just can't wait and put in the work up front, even though it's painful and it's slow, but the benefit on the back end is huge. 
I could, I could give you a thousand examples in my life of why that's worked out for me and why I'm in a better position today than most people talking right now in terms of how I look, move, feel, how I sleep at night, the money we have, all this shit. Because I was willing to delay the gratification up front for something, even though it wasn't fun when everybody else around you is quote unquote having fun, who's having fun on the back end and for longer. That's a huge part of why we are in the shape that we're in. And it's sad to see, and I'll harp on it until the day that I die because I do think it's an issue, but it's reflective of our culture. It's reflective of how people spend their money. It's reflective of what people are doing right now because they just can't listen. And they just can't slow down and they sometimes just can't listen to people smarter than them who see things, you know, outside of, you know, the trees and can, and can give them some advice to heed. And that's, if I could fix that problem, man, I'd be the richest, most famous dude of all time. And so I'm working on it from my, my little space here in Scottsdale. I'm working on it. Next one, betterments, uh, benefits of intermittent fasting, if any, tons. I have like three podcasts on this. Look them up. I have YouTube videos on this. We have full guides written on this. We actually have a 28-day fasting for fat loss program we run about once a year. So yes, I love intermittent fasting. It's the way I've ate for the last 12 years, and I don't see I'll ever stop. Next one, how many bodyweight hit sessions should be done per week, 30 to 45 minutes? Most people, three at a week is great. Three times per week times 52 weeks, you crush it. The other days, just do something active, foam rolling, mobility, have fun, do bicep curls, deadlifts always, <laughs> anything is, is fine. But I think for most people, if you get three like legit Metcon sessions in a week, I, th- I think you're probably crushing it. Next one, do you drink lemon water all day or only during your feeding window? Great question. I drink lemon water all day. Um, I don't think it matters outside the window. I guess if you squeeze like a whole half a lemon in it, does it got about probably six calories in it? Sure. Is that going to register an insulin spike or an exchange? No, I don't think it matters in the body whatsoever. I think it's going to help you. And any any negative effects it has, which I don't think are any, they're outweighed by the positive uh, digestive benefits, immunity benefits, and just you drinking more fluid throughout the day. So great. Great idea to drink lemon water every day, all day. Not a podcast request, but curious if you have an apparel shop online. We typically do, not during this coronavirus shit because our team is all stuck at home. So we're not all in the office right now sending out stuff like normal. But as soon as this is done, you guys, I promise you, we're going to have so much amazing gear and stuff to send out probably about a month afterwards. I actually have like about 300 shirts at home, hoodies, t-shirts, whatever. They're not even printed on yet because my printer is not, my printing guy is not even at work because this place is shut down because it's not essential to what's going on right now. But I promise you, once this is done and I get those shirts made, I'm going to have so much amazing stuff to share with the world. And if this doesn't you know, financially crush me and this doesn't go on for a year, um, I'm happy to send it out you know, to you guys for free uh, if I possibly can. Next one, how to figure out your macros for yourself. We have a free macro guide. It's 100% free. Shoot me a message. I'm happy to send it to you. It goes in great detail. There's a video. There's a video on how to use and set up my fitness pal. We give you the mathematical calculations and all my hacks and tips in between there. Next question, supplements. Um, yeah, we have a free supplement guide too. Again, you guys, I have almost all this stuff is for free almost somewhere. So if you want a supplement guide, I'm happy to send it to you. Obviously, Athletic Greens is in there. If you're going to do like a curl oil, those kind of things, uh, we list out everything in order of importance and what I would spend my money on and depending if you have a budget or not, what I would not waste my money on and you know where that kind of falls in line with what you're trying to do. Next one, you are sexy as the F word. Appreciate that. Thank you. I look like a younger, you know, Bruce Willis here with my kind of, you know, scruffy half beard since I haven't shaved, but I appreciate you saying I still look attractive as I age up the ladder here. Next one. Jeremy Scott Fitness. 
What is something new that you've learned today? What is something new I've learned today? I don't know if I've learned anything new today, um, but I'll say this. I've learned that, you know, some people, as we are in this season of life, some people are really smart and some people are, are very intelligent and some people are very diligent what they do and some people are just dumb. And I think maybe I've always known that, but it's just clearer and clearer. Like some people just don't get it, man. They, they really don't. And I don't have an answer for any of the stuff that's going on, but some people just, they don't get it. And I guess what I've learned is this throughout this is the people who have built a, if you're, if you're talking like, you know, what is that story? Like the three little pigs and like the big bad wolf comes to blow your house down. It's the people who built the straw house are kind of screwed right now. And they're going to be suffering and they're going to be a lot more panicked and a lot more stressed than the people who built the brick house. And what I mean by that is none of us could have predicted this. None of us could have saw this coming. Uh, I didn't for sure. I don't think anybody did. Uh, and again, I've lived through, you know, September 11. Uh, I lived through it. I lived through the meltdown of 0708. That's how we got into real estate. And that's how I, you know, capitalized and, and bought properties with the, the two cents I had. That's allowed us to to move into our home and pay our home off and buy this building that we're in and for our business and all those things. And what I've learned is the people who save for a rainy day, it's for the people who were diligent and didn't go buy a bunch of stuff they couldn't afford and did the right things. They're in a little bit better spot now than the people who didn't. And that doesn't mean they're immune to this. You know, uh, my wife got furloughed from her job, so that's obviously not ideal for us. And my gym is currently closed and there's not people here and that sucks. But if I would have went out and bought a bunch of dumb shit, bought a car I couldn't afford, uh, you know, financed a boat, it, uh, got a huge mortgage payment on a house that that was predicated off of me making every dollar possible from this place and my wife making every dollar possible. And if I had, you know, student loans and I had credit card debt outstanding, I would not be able to breathe right now. I would, there would be a, a sheer panic washing over me where it would change how my voice sounds. It would change how my heart's beating. I could promise you my blood pressure would be through the fucking roof. Um, and so what I've learned is that, you know, living your life responsibly and saving things like an emergency fund of three to six months to expenses, both in your personal life and your business, if you have the contingency to do that, I think at least allows you to stay alive and allows you to stay in the game. And that's what I've learned at this point is the people who didn't have much wiggle room are going to suffer the most now. And so if there's a lesson in all this, it's again, I'm not preaching to anybody. I feel bad for everyone because it sucks for me. It sucks for my wife and it sucks for all of you. But if you can learn from this is just save money for emergencies and maybe think about just putting yourself in a position in case something goes wrong in the world and not living, you know, leverage at the very brink of existence. Because I think when you do that, it makes life way more stressful all the time. But most certainly in these times right now when it's like if we if we can't go back to work for a month or two months or three months or something crazy like that like you know what does that look like for you when it's predicated on you need to check every single month and i've shared that before on finance podcast that three-fourths of americans live about 75 percent of people live check to checks so means you drive around your neighborhood seven out of every 10 homes live check to check and nobody can go you know months and months and months without an income and, and we can't have the economy completely shut down and but I, what I've learned is the people who are leveraged the most are going to suffer the most in these times. And I feel terribly bad for them. And if there's any lesson that comes out of it, it's hopefully that they learn to do it differently, you know, after this. They'll survive it. They'll get through it. It will be painful and it will suck. And it will not be fun for them, just like it isn't fun for me. But it will be worse for them. 
and hopefully this is a wake-up call and they do things a little bit differently the next time around. So I guess that'd be the thing that I've learned, you know, today. Next one, your personal macro split that you use. I don't uh, track macros anymore. Honestly, uh, I don't need to. I don't care to. I did it for I did it for five years on pen and paper every single day. I never missed a day on pen and paper for five years. It's a painful experience. So when I tell you, you know, a banana, depending on you know medium size, about 30 grams of carbohydrates. When I tell you a cup of oatmeal is 28 grams of carbohydrates, depending on the brand you use. You know, I know these things already. I've been through them. Um, I, I have a ballpark of what I eat every day. It's higher protein, higher fat. My carbohydrates tend to be on the lower end, but I just go by how I look and how I move and how I feel. And if I'm not super hungry, I don't have to eat as much. And if I'm hungrier, I eat a little bit more. And I kind of plan all my cheats and I eat once or twice a day. And so that works for me. And I know if I start losing weight or start looking, you know, a certain way, I, I know I got to eat more. And if I start to, you know, look a little bit, you know, fluffier, I know I got to, you know, cut out the cookies and eat a little bit less. So I don't, personally track my macros every single day, but I don't need to. And what I do, again, for you guys has nothing to do with what you would do. What works for me will not work for you. I would suggest what will work for you based on your health history and how you grew up and how you eat and how you train and how you live and your age range and what's, you know, what you've seen in the past. But I'm not going to say here, here's what I do. It's what you should do. I eat once a day. A lot of times, I don't think a lot of you guys should eat once a day. I'm 200 and probably 12, 13 pounds, 14 pounds today. Who knows? Maybe I'm 210. Um, the stress of the stress of two weeks ago probably made me a little bit leaner. Uh, but in all seriousness, like what I'm doing, I wouldn't recommend for you because you're not going to train the way I train, sleep the way I sleep, and, and you shouldn't eat the way that I eat because we're genetically, we're just not the same. Next question. When are you going to have a baby? Oh, man, bro. No time soon. If this... If this doesn't freak me out from having a baby, I don't know what would. My wife and I talked about the other day. If we had a kid right now, or we wouldn't be able to breathe. We'd be in just sheer panic, and like, I would. I'm barely able to handle her some days. As, as amazing as she is, if, with this, with a kid and her and my dog, man, I would be going nuts. All the parents out there, again, I tip my cap. Respect. When am I going to have a baby, bro? I'm just trying to pay my bills and get through this bullshit so I can get back to work and do some fun stuff with my homies. Maybe go to a Twins game and have a beer one of these days. Shoot. Anyways, next question. Advice on how you stay sane and focused uh, during the social distancing. Honestly, I, I just get to work. Um, and I understand this about the situation that I'm in. It sucks for me, man. It does. And uh, every, every day we're not here, we lose money. It, it's just the reality of it for me. I run a business and, you know, I'm not in here coaching humans in person. And neither is my staff or my team. And so we're not growing like we planned on growing in this quarter. This is this is March in Scottsdale. This is a busy time here for us. And we're not busy because people aren't here. Now, a majority of my people, we can bring them online. We can work with them and help them best for our ability. How long that lasts, I don't know. But even with that said, if I normally on Tuesday was to make, let's throw out a number, $1,000, $2,000, $3,000 every Tuesday, Thursday, I'm not making that one, two, three thousand $3,000 on those days multiplied every single day of the week. If every Saturday brings in 1500 bucks for us here or $2,000 for us here, that money's not coming in this Saturday. That hurts us as we go along. And so all I can do is try to serve the people I have right now the best I possibly can. Over-deliver to them as much as possible where they're at. That keeps me busy. I can 
create lead gen stuff to get people in our queue to let us know who we are. We can create fun workouts for you guys on Instagram so you share them with your friends and family. You pop them on their stories so people organically see us. I can pump out these podcasts with like I've been doing like crazy to try to, try to provide value for you guys uh, along the way. We're doing a ton of stuff in our groups. We're answering every question. Our team has ramped up their check-ins to check in on every client multiple times per week to see how they're eating, how they're training, how they're sleeping, how they're living. We're trying to make them even more connected now as possible. I'm, my wife and I got into Ozarks. I think we're like five episodes in. Ozarks is amazing, by the way. If you never watch it, it's, it's a straight fire. It's like Breaking Bad. It's like I compared to Breaking Bad. Um, I don't think it's as good, but it's it's close, right? So if you never watch Breaking Bad, go back watch that. It's amazing, and then get into Ozarks, which is just oh, it's an amazing show. It's like it almost gives me anxiety watching it. Like it's I'm like on the edge of my seat. But uh, so we just try to you know have a routine like we do now. I still set my alarm clock. I still get up. I still check in. I still go to work. It's just and I'm planning the next phase. If this goes, you know, I think we're in like day six of our 47 day. If this goes beyond 47 days, what's the next program I can get my people into? And how do I change our funnels and our emails to, to match that? And just forecasting and do what I can. Again, I can only control today. I shared on Instagram, you know, just focus on what you can control today. Focus on yourself today. And uh, I can't worry about the doomsday scenario and the 14 negative steps on the road because what am I going to do? Like, if it, it's going to be what's going to be. You know, something's going to, uh, for lack of a better term, kill us all and something's going to, you know, always fuck with us. And I can't control that. And then I said this before, admittedly, I had, you know, probably like three days, two weeks ago of this uncertainty and indecisiveness of what I was supposed to do and, and how we were going to navigate it. But once I made a choice, I just moved ahead and said, this is, it is, it's going to be what's going to be. And I played out like, okay, what's the worst case scenario for me? And it, it's, you know, if I can stay healthy, like the rest of it, I can figure out. So that's how I do it. And I just try to focus on the positives. It's, it's March right now in Scottsdale. It's not August. It's 80 degrees here today. It's sunny. It's fucking amazing. If it was August, it'd be 117. That would probably suck being stuck at home. I could jump in my pool, even though it'd be like, you know, jumping in a bathtub because it'd probably be a little bit hot. But even that, I still have that and I'm not stuck somewhere else. And it's typically sunny here this time of year, basically the entire year. Uh, and the weather is basically perfect now for us. This is nice. It's, it's warm. Most of the day, it gets warmer in the evening. It's cooler at night. It's cooler in the morning. It's, it's amazing. So I just try to focus on the positive things and just know I can control what I eat and how I train and how I sleep. And if this is a chance where I can get better sleep and I can be more mindful and I can give back to you guys more on the podcast and just over deliver and, and try to set up our online programs and make them you know even better. I already think they're amazing, but now I'm just I'm cr- I'm just crushing these guys with content and over delivering and check-ins and so I think we're doing the best we possibly can for them and that's what keeps me sane and focused knowing that I'm I'm delivering them the best to my human ability barring the circumstances we're in. Next one, pre post workout nutrition. Um, pre workout nutrition, I don't eat anything. I just go coffee, water, maybe Gatorade Zero, boom. Sometimes a BCAAs and I rip it. Post workout, most of you guys, you know, proteins, carbs are probably ideal. If you're going like a one to one ratio, 30 grams protein, 30 grams carbs, or if you're trying to like put on some size, maybe like a, a one to two ratio, 30 grams protein, 60 grams carbs, or if you want to go look crazy, 30, 90, uh, depending on how big you're trying to be, but something like that is fine. I just think a balance. Uh, we've done a podcast on this as well, pre post workout nutrition. You guys can look it up, but that's uh, the gist of it. Next one reestablishing your goals once you've met them and not regressing. Uh, honestly, man, just you always got to be looking forward. You know, just have, always have a couple goals in the queue. You know, I always say like, you know, 
one day, one week, one month, three months, six months, year goals. Write all those down. And, and as you kind of meet a checklist, uh, go to the next one. And that's always going to evolve and change and shift. But always having you know some kind of carrot out there is nice. And it can be small goals, big goals. It can be like realistic goals. and can be like some crazy batshit insane goals. But sometimes those ones end up being you know more doable than you thought possible as well. So I just think always having them written down. And goals that are fun. Goals that light you up, goals that wake you up and pull you out of bed, not things like, oh, I'm going to do this. That goal that you're setting has to have importance in your life. I use the one like we paid off our house a month before this shit storm showed up, which is crazy. I paid off my house one month before the coronavirus basically showed up and made me shut down my business. I don't know what you call that, man, but crazy. Anyways, uh, the, the reason that's doing that, it let us sleep better at night. And I knew that goal would allow me to live a life that had a little bit less stress and had a little bit more financial stability and security. And honestly, I did it because I'm like, if I pay off my house, now I can do a bunch of fun shit that I put off for you know a decade plus of building this business and living this life. Meaning I could hop on a flight on a random Friday, go see my homie Connor. We can have a couple of McGoldens at the Twins game and just like kick back and have a great fucking time. That can hop on a flight and fly back because I got the money because I don't got a house payment. Well... Obviously, coronavirus kicked that dream out the window, at least for this time frame. So now what does it allow me to do? It allows me to stay alive. It allows my business to stay afloat. It allows me not to take a salary and pay my fucking employees. That's what it does. That's why that goal was so important to me. It meant something beyond just checking off a box. And I think your goals have to mean the same thing, whether it be for your body, your relationship, your life, your finances, your career, education, whatever it is. It has to matter. Next one nutrition macros when supplies are short uh honestly dude you know there's they're always going to be food this hoarding shit is going to go away there's always going to be stuff around you can always get oatmeal uh you can always get rice you can always get frozen vegetables frozen fruits you can always get proteins those things are always there so you can always get the basics for sure even if you can't get them one day at one store this is going to go away relatively short and most places now people are getting better with it Unless it's toilet paper, I don't understand that crap. Next one. Interested on your alcohol and marijuana opinions and marijuana combination without the gym. Long and short of it, honestly, if you guys want to use, you know, alcohol and you want to smoke weed in in moderation and you're a healthy, responsible adult, it's your call. I'm not going to tell you guys where to draw the line. In my opinion, I think alcohol is far more dangerous than marijuana from what I've lived my life and what I've seen on it in all reality. I've, uh, I've seen alcohol ruin lives. I've seen the impact, you know, my personal life directly as a young kid and, and through being an adult. I've seen it literally just ruin households and I've seen it destroy people. I'm, I'm not saying, you know, marijuana hasn't done that or, or can't do that, but I've never seen it. I've never seen anybody sit in a 12-step program because they smoked weed a couple times. Now, again, I'm not putting anything on a pedestal and I'm not vilifying anything. You guys make your decisions how you want, but that's just the reality. I've seen people at the rock bottom, alcoholics, do some pretty negative, hurtful, brutal, abusive shit. I've never seen people do that on just smoking weed. Uh, I don't think you know weed is a gateway drug. This is, this is my two cents. Um, I think most people start off smoking cigarettes and drinking alcohol and then it leads to something else. I know a lot of people who smoke weed in the world and they're super successful. They're super motivated. They're very nice. They're very kind. They're not abusive. They don't go out and steal. They don't do anything crazy. They smoke weed in their daily life and they go to work and you'd never know it. 
They could be your doctor. They could be your lawyer. They could be your police officer. They could be your fitness professional. You'd have no clue. Um, smoking weed in combination without the gym, I don't, that doesn't make any sense. I think everybody should work out. Everybody should eat right. And again, I'm not saying go smoke weed. I'm not saying go drink booze. You're a grown adult. You make the best choice possible for you. I do believe marijuana on average is a much more natural thing as it does grow from the earth and it just, it comes that way. And uh, when you look at the studies of, of CBD and marijuana, they use it for a lot of different things. Uh, and for a lot of people, if you ever talk to anybody who went through cancer treatment and a lot of them, friends of ours that we've talked to said, that's what's got them through. The medical marijuana helped get them through and ease the pain and ease their stress and ease their anxiety and help them sleep better. I have heard that from multiple people. Some people say alcohol does the same thing for them. Again, I'm not a doctor. I'm not anything. I'm just giving you guys and answering the question my best way possible. I do think if you're going to say what's the lesser two evils, I think marijuana is, is much less evil uh, than alcohol is. I've never had a friend of mine smoke weed uh, and get super aggressive and start a massive fist fights. I can't tell you how many times I've been at the bar with friends of mine who are shit-faced, who are smashing beer bottles on people's heads and headbutting them and doing a bunch of other ridiculous stuff. So that's my two cents. I would say you might as well just legalize it across the board because um, it's not like people haven't been doing it and are going to stop doing it. So it's going on anyway. So if I'm getting political here, legalize it, tax it, uh, let's make money off it, You know, control it, make it safe, and go from there. But hopefully it doesn't irritate any of you guys, but that's just what I've seen You know, living through it for the better part of 20-plus years. And last one. Uh, best gear and brands you like. I don't know if we're referring to clothes or whatever it is, but we work with a lot of partners. Um, I'll do a whole different podcast on that, uh, obviously, all together in terms of that stuff. But any other questions you guys have for me, please let me know. Hopefully you enjoyed that. I know we touched on a handful of topics and subjects. Those are always fun. Uh, I value you guys what you request and your opinions. Super cool. Um, always nice to chat. And again, I'm just a dude. I'm not an expert in anything other than the handful of things I know, but you asked for my opinion, so I'm always willing to give it. But if there's anything else you want to hear, shoot me a DM, send me an email. I'm happy to touch on it. If you're on iTunes right now, stop. Don't be a lazy ass. Drop me a five-star. Leave a comment. The podcast app on your iPhone. Scroll your finger all the way down. Click five-star. Hit ratings and reviews. Drop me a sentence or two. I truly would appreciate it. Share this with a friend or family member because it can help them. And if you're on your iPad or your MacBook, click the iTunes icon, ratings, reviews, five-star, and comment. I truly would appreciate it. So, hope you guys are having an amazing uh, rest of your Sunday, staying safe with your friends and family, filling your body with whole, real, nutrient-dense foods, getting in some vitamin D, getting in some exercise. I do believe it is very important, especially during this time and the season that we are in. But again, a reminder, our YouTube channel has over 1,000 videos, 100% free when you guys subscribe. Also, we're sending out a newsletter at least three times a week. At this point, I've been doing like four or five a week just to help you guys to get a lot of content coming my way, and I want to share it with you all. But if you need something else, just hit me up. We've got a ton of other stuff coming down the pipe. Um, so, yeah, thank you guys for listening. I appreciate you, and uh, stay safe out there. So, until next time, eat well, train hard, be nice to people, and please, you guys. Keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you soon. Peace.